Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Day of the Sack. Meet our guest Carlo, a chemical engineer and a beer brewer. After falling in love with tech, he made the leap of faith to pursue a career in IT. He works primarily in cloud native containers and DevOps space. Let's get started. Hey Carlo, welcome to my podcast DevOps with Zack. And thank you so much for your time and really appreciate your joining with me today to another episode of DevOps with Zack. I'm sure we're going to have really awesome time and yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm going for a run this morning, so get that blood pumping. <laughs> oh, that's good. I might go later today because it's a whole day here. Yeah, it's a lovely day outside, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing the round the base on Sunday, so I'm trying to get ready for that. Oh, that's amazing. That's, uh, I think I forgot to register for that. There's no mind. It's all good. <laughs> cool. So today we are going to talk about a very interesting topic and the old of Kubernetes containers is a very hot topic these days. Everyone talking about mm-hmm. it, but we are going to talk about a specific area in Kubernetes, especially when it comes to scaling. So we all know that currently we have HPA, horizontal pod auto scaler, but I know there are some limitations and pros and cons. Let's talk about current limitations of horizontal pod auto scaler. Yeah, sure thing. Kubernetes natively offers the horizontal pod autoscaler or HPA for short as a controller to increase and decrease replicas based on demand. While this is enough for most workloads, there are limitations to it. So I'll just lay out these limitations. First one, it cannot scale to zero. HPA by default uses metrics, namely CPU and memory utilization to calculate the desired number of replicas. Now, these metrics cannot be zero. So this means that the desired number of replicas cannot be zero as well. And obviously, this is not ideal for intermittent and resource-intensive workloads when you're trying to optimize something. Secondly, it's limited to scaling based on metrics. Originally, HPA only provided the ability to scale on pods metrics, namely CPU and memory, as mentioned earlier. However, as of V2, which has become stable as of Kubernetes version 1.23, it can now support custom metrics exposed using metrics APIs, such as the metrics server. However, as mentioned, it doesn't support scaling based on events, queue length, or HTTP traffic. Now, I'm not really privy to the plans of the Kubernetes auto-scaling SIG, but so far I haven't seen any indication if this will be supported in the future. Third limitation for HPA is that it's dependent on metrics aggregators. In order for HPA to work, it needs to fetch metrics from aggregated APIs. Now, these APIs are usually provided by our add-ons that you have to install on top of the cluster separately as an add-on. Examples of these are metric server or Prometheus adapter that exposes Prometheus metrics. And last limitation or the fourth limitation that I'm gonna lay out for HPA is that it often does not scale on the actual target value. HPA bases its scaling decisions on target metric value. However, due to how the HPA scaling algorithm works, 
the current target value on the HPA that often does not match the real-time metrics of the system you're scaling on. So these are the limitations for HPA. Yeah, cool. So we have multiple tools, especially when we're talking about the CNCF landscape, right? We can see there are so many tools available in the industry. Mm. Do you think of any specific tool that which can be rectify these limitations? Yeah, one of the tools that has been gaining popularity quite recently and over the years uh, is, is a tool called Keta or Kubernetes Event Driven Auto Scaling. It is under CNCF and it has a big community backing. Cool. So why Keta and how it can solve the existing issues in current scaling in Kubernetes? Yeah, that's a good question. So for us, as our clusters grow, there's also a demand for hosting various workloads with different scaling requirements. So in our case, we want to be able to scale on metrics, not only inside, but also outside of the clusters, such as from Amazon Managed Prometheus or AWS CloudWatch, Kafka, or any other event source. HPA, with its limitations, as I mentioned earlier, is clearly not cutting it. So a bit of a history around this. For around six years ago, there was a proposal to extend the HPA by introducing the new external metric type for auto-scaling based on metrics coming from outside of the cluster. So this allows to use metric adapters that serve a variety of metrics from external services and make them available for auto-scaling inside the cluster. External metrics are just a bit of a short description. They are metrics that represent the state of an application or a service that is running outside of the Kubernetes cluster. However, there is one big problem or caveat to this. There is a limitation in Kubernetes where you can only have one running metric server serving external metrics per cluster. And the reason for this is that only one API service can be registered to handle external metrics. So this means we'll have to choose which metric server to run and to run and serve metrics, but which one? So this is where Keta comes in. So Keta, as I mentioned earlier, is a Kubernetes event-driven auto-scaling. Essentially, it's a way to auto-scale your workload based on events. So it gives you the ability to scale from event from events both inside and outside the cluster from a wide range of sources called scalers. They call them scalers. I'll talk more about scalers in detail later. So Keta works alongside standard Kubernetes components like the HPA and can extend their functionality without overwriting them. So it can scale different types of Kubernetes workloads such as deployments, stateful sets, and jobs. It even has support for scaling custom resources. Now, one of its best features that I really love is that it can also scale a deployment to and from zero by activating or deactivating it. This hasn't been done before. So yeah, Keta is great with this. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. So let's talk about a bit deep about Keta. How does Keta work? Yeah, sounds good. Keta, you run Keta as, a, as an application in your cluster. So when you set up Keta, it will install two deployments called the Keta operator and the Keta metrics API server. The Keta operator 
performs the key role as an agent or controller that sets the number of desired replicas. So how does it do this? It does this by creating and managing an application's horizontal pod autoscaler. So what I mentioned earlier, KEDA does not override HPA, but it uses HPA under the hood. So other roles by the KEDA operator is that it also registers and manages the KEDA custom resource definitions, such as scaled objects. So for the other deployment, the KEDA operator KEDA operator metric server, it performs the role as a metric server exposing the metrics to trigger the scale out. So KEDA primarily serves metrics for the metric sources outside of the Kubernetes cluster. So it uses external metrics and register that in the API service. So just to summarize, this would be the simple workflow for KEDA. KEDA will keep an eye on event sources as messages in a queue and then triggered out of scaling of a, say, a deployment, and then the deployment will start processing the messages. So this could be a good method, especially if you want to save a lot of cost, right? For example, let's talk about a booking platform. If you're having a football match and you're setting up a queue to give your users, and when the, the queue is sitting by more, more users to the website or the platform, the e-commerce platform, so this could keep an eye on the queue and depends on that, it can scale the workloads, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty much scaling like a serverless, like Lambda, but you're scaling inside your clusters. Cool. That's nice. So we are talking about a lot of metrics now here, Carlo. So <laughs> let's talk about some of the supported metrics by Keda. Yeah, sounds good. Before we start, what are, so Keda stands for event-driven auto-scaling. So what are events anyway? So events are a bit hard to define, but they can, we can define them as any change in a system. So this can be a, a pod restart, a configuration change, a database entry, or a lag on a stream, or any even of the trinity of observability, logs, metrics, or traces. Data has a very wide range of readily available scalers from different sources of events. As of the recording of this podcast, I think there are 64 scalers to be exact when I check last their website. So it has scalers for queues and various event topics. It has scalers for streaming for services like Apache Kafka, AWS Kinesis, DynamoDB Streams, and Redis Streams. There are scalers based on database queries as well from popular databases such as MySQL, MSQL, CouchDB, or even DynamoDB. It even has support for the Kubernetes internal database, the etcd, which is amazing. There are also scalers for different cloud providers monitoring services, such as CloudWatch for AWS, Monitor for Azure, or Google Structriver, and even New Relic. Keda has support for the use of CPU and memory utilization, as well as cron-job-based auto-scaling. I'd strongly recommend visiting their website just to get a is to get a view of the full list of available scalers. And even if you don't find one that suits your needs, what's great with Keda is that it's extensible. This means you can create or build your own scaler. Oh, that, that's really cool. Uh, but to understand, especially for our audience, I think it's really good to give a use case or real-time ex example where we can register cloud cost by using Keda or 
doing the scaling in our Kubernetes clusters, for example, it can be EKS, it can be GKE or AKS, or even your hosted own Kubernetes clusters. So let's talk about some examples. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be great. It's the best way to show how the power of the yeah. example, yeah. in real time, a real world application. Yeah, one of the best way to maximize or leverage Keda or the concept of the scaling is for cost reduction, like you mentioned. So cost reduction or optimization has been a major direction for a lot of companies given the current economic conditions. And uh, and one tool that can help you with this, as I mentioned, is auto-scaling. That is ensuring you only provision what you need at any given time. So I'll share an example on how we maximize this capability to reduce cost. As we know, we practice GitOps in our Kubernetes clusters. And if you're not familiar with GitOps, it's just simply a way to use Git pull requests to verify and deploy infrastructure as code. GitOps works well with the Kubernetes owing both to their declarative nature. So we also use Terraform to write our infrastructure code. And we run our Terraform with a tool called Atlantis. Now, if you haven't heard of Atlantis, it's simply an application for automating Terraform via pull requests. As part of our platform services offering, we offer a self-service capability for creating new Atlantis instances to our developers. We call this product Atlantis as a service or as for short. This service has grown in popularity with the number of Atlantis instances steadily increasing over time. This is awesome. However, alongside the increase in the service adoption over the last year, we have also observed the cost has steadily increased every month. So by default, an Atlantis application runs 24-7. It constantly keeps an eye on a webhook request and responds to them. So where this request comes from? Well, they come from developers who typically work eight hours a day. So this means the rest of the day where developers are not working, Atlantis is running but not used and thus waiting a lot of resources. This idle time also does not even include weekends, which should be. So in short, we wanted to scale that Atlantis pods were not in use. And this is where we use Keda. Apart from all the scalers that I mentioned earlier, there is another scaler that is, that is out there maintained by the community and unofficially by Keda maintainers. This is called the HTTP add-on. The Keda HTTP add-on, what, what allows you to do is that it gives you the ability to automatically scale your workload based on incoming HTTP traffic. Now, I just want to emphasize this one. The HTTP add-on scaler is not yet GA and still in beta. So the maintainers can still recommend it for production and provided as is without support. So we've abstracted this risk, especially since AS or Atlantis as a service is only internal tooling for our developers. First, what we did is we converted Atlantis instance to Kubernetes deployments from stateful sets, which they run as default to it. Currently, HTTP add-on only supports deployments. That's why we have to do that. So we had to get a little bit creative working around some Kubernetes namespaces, networking limitation, which wasn't that hard really. And after that, we did testing and then we rolled it out and we had no issues. 
So far, just looking at cube costs, this has saved us around six to seven thousand US dollars a month. That would be around around eighty five thousand a year, which was great. Made the bosses really happy. That that's a really good example because you're you're talking about some metrics like six, five to six thousand USD is a big number, right? When you talk about per year, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure bosses are really happy about this cost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Carlo, I've really enjoyed the session today with you and so many new things that we shared with our audience today. I really hope everyone enjoyed this today and those who are really interested later on, I'll be sharing a lot of links and they can go and try it out. And yes, Carlo, thank you for your time and any suggestions before we ending the session that you want to tell our audience? Go and try it out. I think Zach will be sharing some links later or after this podcast. So go and try out Keda and see how the how it, how powerful it is. And yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for listening. Oh, thanks, Carlo. I hope to see you back in another one of the episode, Carlo. Yeah. In the future. Yeah, sure thing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your time. You. Have a great day. Thank you, Carlo, for joining me today. If you'd like to read blog posts of Carlo and more about Keda, please check the links in the description. I look forward to see you again with another episode of Day of with Zach. Goodbye.